Welcome to See Our Studies. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into the Word of God, start a conversation, and discuss how it applies to our lives today. Hey, church, what's poppin'? You're right here on CR Studies. Mm, there we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the pod. Yeah. Hey, Wes, how's it going? I was doing better before that intro. <laughs> what's up, church? We don't have to what up, church, every single like video it. and every podcast. No, so. we say, hey, Crossroads, and we do jazz hands. No, you say, hey, I Crossroads, do. and do jazz, jazz hands. hands. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we got Zach, Crystal, Wes, and myself here on the pod. Uh, and we are really glad. What? Why? You don't like the pod? I don't like what? the pod. I don't what? like it. <laughs> you don't like being on the pod. Or you don't like the word pod. I, let's stop saying pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of gives us a great uh, kind of segue into our introduction. What are other things that drive you crazy? Like, what are your pet peeves? What's going to, like, before we jump into it today, is this ties in in a weird way. We'll get to that in a minute. But pet peeves, go. I mean, I would definitely say people that chew with their mouth open. Ooh. I can't stand that. Yeah. I don't I need to see yeah, stuff rolling around. I don't around need to in see that all that trap. food in there. I don't want to know about it. Just you know, close your mouth and swallow it, and you know, deal with your business. Don't let my don't let your business be my business. I okay. don't want any part okay. of it. Okay, all right, strong. What else? <laughs> I'm gonna go with unnecessary noise. Mm. So unnecessary. Can you define whistling? Which I do every day in the office. The crinkling. Because I like to whistle yep. while I work. You do. <laughs> Your son also does. Um, like crinkling water bottles, mm. tapping, like all the things. Yep. All that noise. Oh, hate it. Sunday, <laughs> how hate many it. people are going to come up oh, to you and just oh, whistle much of it now. with their most water bottle? Of, mo- well, oh, 30, because that's about how many people are going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're one of the 30, please... Spread people the all of those crinkle their water bottles at me every Sunday. Everybody knows that. I love so, it. Uh, just unnecessary noise. Um, yeah, it's not Crystal, you want to start your list of pet peeves? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hour-long podcast today, all folks. Right. So I really, people who chew on their fingernails and it makes a noise. Who does that? Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Um, I cannot. Just, oh, I will, I will give you the dust there. And believe me, in my mind, I have murdered you probably wow. 500 Guys, I wow. just learned this was a pet peeve, and we've worked together for eight years. <laughs> I've been dead so many times. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that. And then the how much trash can we, can we like, fit into the overfilled mm. trash can um, family? Empty um, containers? Empty containers. You would not like the... the the men's bathroom at Crossroads Church. <laughs> yeah. It's like a paper towel pyramid. Yeah, it's, it's like a paper time. towel Jenga game. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, gosh. It brings, us, it brings bring us together. Empty, empty containers left in the fridge, our pantry. There's still stuff in them. No, there's not. There's Air little, does not count. There's another oh, drink yeah. of that milk. No, yeah. but it's like you get the cheese wrapper. Like, seriously, it's like cheese random. Raptor. Cheese wrapper. Cheese Not raptor. <laughs> raptor. It's a, it's a it's cheese. crazy bug. It's a bird. cheese dinosaur. <laughs> we have problems. Um... Yeah, those are those. Yeah. Okay. So the peace. What when you guys are experiencing your pet peeves? What does it do to you? The water bottle thing makes me irrationally angry. (laughs) I just like literally every sermon at student ministry starts with "Put your water bottle under your chair." Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just is very frustrating. Okay. Okay with that. (laughs) People. 
What were you going to say? Oh, yeah, it's just frustrating. I mean, you just, yeah, you can have do a best Do you feel calm day. or do you feel at ease? No, definitely neither. Of, well, calm or at ease. Then. Well, do you feel calm or chaotic? Let's put it that way. Chaotic. So, okay. Chaotic. And Crystal, how do you feel when these things are happening? I literally want to murder people. Okay. Well, um, if anything ever happens to one of us, please go back to this podcast because you'll find out who you should be I checking I know everything you said, We've we the three other people at the table all do. That's why this is so scary right now. I... Yeah. This is why I'm on this podcast, so yeah. you guys can all yeah. know what so, bothers me. On that note, um, we are actually talking about the idea of peace um, when you get into uh, the Advent season, and really, I mean, something we're searching for all um, all the time. And so when we, we talk about that, um, we just related it to our pet peeves, like, you know, you don't feel a sense of peace. What, what is what is it that, you know, and don't be overly churchy here, but like for most people, like what do you think they think of when they think of the word peace? Like that homina homina kind of. Homina 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 That, is that what you're talking about? Like, like, like meditation? Yeah, like when you think peace, you think it's all. Everything's calm. Okay, what else? I mean, I think when you go to those moments, like everybody has that, that personal kind of thing where they're just at peace. Like for me, it's driving late at night. No one else is on the road. It's just really calm, and I'm listening to my music. Like yep. It's all my perfect scenario. Yeah. yeah. Wes? Quiet, apparently. Um, <laughs> but just no conflict. Everybody's good. Everybody's getting along. Yeah. Um, world peace. Um, right. Hippies. Like there, there you go. So that's what people think when they think about peace. So, so let me ask this: If that is the definition of peace, then um, did Jesus fail? And the reason I ask that question is because Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace. We talk about this. We're going to talk about this on Christmas Eve. Um, but if He's the Prince of Peace, and you guys just described what peace is for you, how often do you really experience that? Most people would say that they don't have that level of peace. We've been asking for world peace. I mean, every Miss America contestant for the last 50 years has said we need world peace, and we have not accomplished it. So, like, over and over again, did Jesus fail, or did we misunderstand peace? Jesus did not fail. Okay, I'm glad somebody <laughs> nailed that right there. We just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah, so the idea of peace gets really confused, and what happens to your relationship with God if you misunderstand what peace is? Because there's lots of scripture that points to God being Jesus being the the author of peace, right, mm-hmm. for us in our life. So if you misdefine this word, what does it do to your relationship with God? I mean, it strains it because again, you think that He's failing you in some way when He's not. You're just misunderstanding what He's yeah. saying. We get frustrated because we feel like God, we're asking for this, and why is it not happening? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, it creates distance in our relationship with yeah. God. If we go, well, I thought he was going to bring me this sense of calm. I thought, so, and in every one of the scenarios you guys just named, and I think this would be true for me and for everybody else, it's very based on circumstance. That in order for me to have peace, peace, that we go, my perfect circumstances equals my perfect peace. The problem with that is that it is theologically a mess. Because God never guaranteed us perfect circumstances in this life. As a matter of fact, he went the opposite. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And so the the equation is clearly messed up. And so let's try to like kind of 
um, go back to the equation for a minute. Again, if you want a deeper, a little bit deeper dive on this, come to our Christmas Eve services here at Crossroads at on the 24th, 9, nine and, and 1045 a.m. And you go, I thought it was going to be a candlelight service. It gets real dark in our room. We will have candles. Everything will be good. And then you'll have the entire afternoon and evening to engage with your family, maybe do your own personal Bible study with your family, which would be awesome. So the the phrase Prince of Peace, um, you know, that's because the, the four kind of words that we center around during this season is love, hope, peace, and joy. So we are looking for a moment at Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Well, the, the, the literal translation of those words is Sar Shalom. Um, and so these two really important words, and it's not just the shalom word, which we'll get to in a minute. You have to first understand he's going to, he's recreating the equation. So he's moving us from the equation of my perfect circumstances equals my perfect peace to first have to understand sar shalom. Sar means captain, general, lord, in charge, in control. Um, and uh, it's the, it, like the Romans take this word and they apply it in their, um, in their word, uh, Caesar. Um, and so like Julius Caesar, um, it means chief, captain, in charge, in control. Um, and so which, which really, when, when you look at somebody and you go, that person is in control of me, what is our first response to that typically? No, thank you. Right. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's part of the, the, the thing that we wrestle with when you're trying to achieve peace is that the first step to peace isn't your perfect circumstances. The first step to your peace is to realize that it starts with surrendering to somebody else as chief, commander, control, lord of my life, that he becomes sar, and then we get shalom. But shalom does not mean all of my circumstances are perfect because that would mess things up too. That's the people that think, well, if I give my life to Jesus, then everything's okay. Everything. Uh, we will never stumble. Blessed, never blessed. Yes. Never there we go. There we go. How are you blessed and highly favored brother? Um, like that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless you. He does. And I'm not saying that you aren't favored by God because as believers, we are, I'm saying that we define those things as my perfect circumstances, mm-hmm. that everything goes right in my life. So, but Jesus, again, doesn't tell us that. He tells us that we surrendered him as Lord. We get perfection after this life, but in this life, we have a mission. And the mission for us is to move his gospel and his goal and his words forward. And so his peace means things operating as they should be. That's what shalom is. It means... Um, I'll get into this on the 24th, but like there's a, there's a, there's a, an understanding of what they would have thought of when they thought of, uh, shalom and it, it meant like gaps and cracks and, um, uh, areas of vulnerability. Um, and so he's like, if you, when you have shalom, you don't have any of those, you're not vulnerable. And what he's saying is if you make him Lord, so instead of the equation that goes, my perfect circumstances equals my perfect peace, it's going to be my obedience to Sar, chief, God in control, equals my peace, things operating as they should. Mm-hmm. Not an absence of conflict, but it goes, if I want, can you um, live outside of God's will for your life in marriage and then expect the peace that he offers in marriage? No. 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 Can you expect to live outside of God's will as Sar, as the one in control in your financial life and then expect to be, have financial peace from God? No. 
Can you can you like sexually in whatever way I want to lean into that? Um, I, I want to have sex outside of marriage. I want to I want to I want to you know kind of we have this hookup culture that in our world today that God does not is not okay with, and there's really important and beautiful reasons behind that. Can I do all those things and then expect peace in my life when it comes to uh, sexuality and things like that? No, no. So you see the equation here is that God's not saying I'm going to make your circumstances perfect. He's like, I'm going to give you a peace, a sense of rest and assurance in the middle of the stuff. But that comes from obedience. So I have to wrestle with obedience. And it's the obedience that leads me to his peace. So I operate in my marriage the way I should. And my marriage in the middle of the chaos of a broken, sinful world has peace, has an assurance in it, has a calm in it, is under control. Uh, same with financially and other things. What, what do you guys think of when you think about that? Yeah, I was just thinking of the idea of like just that first word, the shar of shar shalom. But like there's if I want peace in my life, the thing that I have to address first is my selfishness. Mm. Because like all these definitions of peace, the idea of even like pet peeves we were joking around earlier are things that are tied to things that I want how I want my life to go, how the desires that I want, how I want to feel. And the idea of authority is that I surrender those. I don't have preferences anymore. My preferences are the preferences of the person in charge of me who is a believer is Jesus. So when my selfishness starts to die is the first step for me to start to live in the peace of God. And if I'm not going to address my selfishness, then I have to be okay that that peace that passes all understanding isn't on the table if I just want to do what Wes wants to do. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because it's like you have to be obedient to the one that gave you that personality, that gave you weirdly those pet peeves, right, that he knit you together to like and dislike certain things. And it's still being obedient to him that even though he made you this way and this way that you kind of want to live and stuff like that, there's still that thing where you have to submit to him when he calls you to do it. Because, um, again, he hold, he held the power to do it in the first place. you got to still give it back to him when he asks of it. And, um, yeah, the whole part of it, you can't expect the peace when you're being dis- disobedient is so big. And the expectation that we think that while we're here on earth, things are going to be perfectly peaceful. Yeah. Like, that's the point of heaven. Yeah. Like, the point of heaven is we go to a place without sickness and without problems. Like, yeah. we get to celebrate that when we get there. Over here, you have to accept, like, this is the world we live in. And you can do all the right things and still get, you know, punched in the gut sometimes. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but it really is going to show, like, what are you leaning on in those moments? Yeah, so having Jesus as the prince of your peace, a prince of peace in your life is is not being free from cancer necessarily. It's, it's honoring God and glorifying God in the cancer in a way that people recognize who he is and it changes their life and he uses you on mission. It's not that you have all the money in the world. We've been to places, you know, you go over to places in third world countries and you walk into tribes and you think, man, if they only had money, but you get there and they have more joy and peace than we yeah. do because they're leaning on God for provision and not on other stuff. Um, mm. and, and so that's what this begins to look like in it's your life. It's powerful testimonies because, like, yeah. y- if you, again, you see that person with cancer, that they go, oh, I'm at ease, I'm at calm, I'm calm. Yeah. Like, I know God's got control. Then someone that's not dealing with that stuff, you look at it and go, well, how can I How can I not be? Like, it's such a powerful message. Same thing with even the finances, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think when we say the phrase, peace that passes all understanding, like, that to me is, like, because we're leaning in 
on the comfort and the the grasp that we have with Christ when we have those trials and those circumstances that we're having to go through and everything. It's it's who we're leaning on. Because if I lean on myself, then yes, my um, anxiousness, my anger, all those things are going to get the best of me and I won't have peace. But when I lean in on Jesus, then it passes that understanding of going, okay, you know, yep, going through it. Not fun, but it's okay. Yeah, but what... I don't want to miss this. Like, what an incredible gift from God yeah. that he didn't go, you have to wait until heaven yeah. to experience the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can actually, if you are obedient and you surrender authority to Jesus in your life, then in the midst of chaos and mess and struggle in a really broken world, you actually get a taste of heaven here yeah. and get to live in the peace of God. Like that, that's so much what Advent is. And we talked about in yeah. student ministry the last few weeks, the gifts of Christmas. What an incredible gift from God mm-hmm. to go this Christmas season in the midst of your family chaos, in the midst, midst of crazy circumstances, you get to walk in those places and go, I have the God of peace in me yeah. and yep. he loves me because I've surrendered my life in obedience to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So while we can acknowledge how this works, are we still wrestling with it? Yes. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge, you know, because you go on podcasts like this and people teach this, and you're like, man, they must be crushing it. And I would just go, knowing it and living it are two different things. Mm -hmm. And I think for all of us, it is a challenge. So let me kind of, um, I'll wrap up with might sound like a a weird couple of questions, but like, so what we're saying here, is Jesus the one who can give you peace? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can he also take it away? Yes. Why would he? Yeah, I think I was reminded of, like, the story of Jonah, right? Like, Jonah, God takes away his peace to get his attention, to mm-hmm. remind him of the mission that God has sent him on. And I think you see that over and over in Scripture. I've seen it in my life where in moments where I have kind of lived in disobedience, God goes, okay, like, that. the result of that is a lack of peace mm-hmm. to bring me back yeah. to him, which is just an incredible amount of grace yeah. That God would go, like, I'm still pursuing you even though you continually are disobedient. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's something with our sin that even though, obviously, if you're a believer, you repent of your sin, God forgives you of that sin, and he, he throws it as far as east from the west, there's still earthly consequences that come with your sins no matter what. Um, and he gives those consequences, he allows for those consequences to still happen because it is that grace, like Wes is saying, that it's going to help correct you and keep you on this straight path later later in life. If he was this dad up in heaven that every time you made a big mess and then just immediately scooped you up and took you away from all of the trouble and took you away from all the consequence of the mess, then it's like, well, what lesson did you learn? You didn't yeah. learn anything. Yeah, Why the Bible jump right back in. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible says God disciplines those he loves. Yeah. Like God's discipline for us, God's rebuke of us is always to steer us back to him. And so in that, and I like the way, like Wes, you were saying it, like, so in that way, there's a weird way where you can actually look at a lack of peace as a loving gift from God because mm-hmm. any lack of peace you have is God redirecting you back mm-hmm. to himself. Yeah. It's Christ- that reminder of who we need to go to. I mean, use the word wrestle, like when you're wrestling and stuff and you think, Oh, what do I need to do? What, why, sorry, why, you know, is this happening to me? It's those questions that we start and you know, God's going, Oh, I'm right here. I'm yeah. right here mm-hmm. and who we're going to go to. Yeah, I'll do a quick shout out to a guy named Jerry Tovar. Um, Jerry um, was sitting with us. So we have a Tuesday morning group that we meet in. And for those of you that don't know, Jerry just had massive surgery where 
Um, he had a huge tumor removed that was pressing in on his heart. They had to remove part of his rib cage. They had to move some of the, his back muscle to his front in order to kind of reconstruct things. And he was saying that um, one of the last songs that he heard um, the morning of the surgery was a song called Firm Foundation. And then it was the first song that he heard when he um, came out of anesthesia. And the phrase that locked into him was the part in that it says, and I have peace that makes no sense. Yeah. And so that really, really like held on to Jerry where he was like, oh, yes. Because he was saying, he goes, for some weird reason. And he told us, he's like, you know, a few years ago in his life, he doesn't feel like he would have gone this way. But God's done so much in his life. And, man, he's one of my personal heroes of the faith and just seeing what God's done in his life. Um, it's really cool to go. That guy just went through a huge, major reconstructive surgery of his body and his chest on a tumor that was, like, huge that was pressing in on his heart. And he's going, somehow, I had peace. Mm-hmm. And that's because Jerry has surrendered to Jesus as Sar Shalom, the mm-hmm. Prince of Peace in his life. And that peace makes no sense. And if for some reason you don't have that, we hope that, that you'll connect with God because um, we don't want you have to resort to uh, Crystal's first uh, way of getting this, and that is to go, I thought you were resorting back to the murdering of people. So Also probably not a recommended way to go about things. Also not the way we would encourage Don't solve your issues that way. Yeah. Isaiah thirty two seventeen says the result of righteousness will be peace, and the righteous we righteous we have comes through Jesus Christ by faith and belief in Him. So we hope you have that. So there you go. There's a little bit about peace.